to the International House of Horrors. Hello, valued guests, and welcome back to the International House of Horrors, your sanctuary of spooky for all things terrible, horrible, brutal, gory, and the macabre. I am one of your curators here at the house, Joe Merle. And I'm the other one. I'm Josh. Hi, and Happy New Year. (laughs) Happy New Year. Our first episode of the new year. I apologize. I'm still a tiny bit sick. I... It was a it was a long week, and I can hear it in my own voice. Like my own voice doesn't even sound right in my head. And most people, when you tell them, or they'll tell you, oh, "I hate the sound of my voice." And I don't necessarily hate the sound of my voice. It always just sounds weird to hear your own voice. But right now, yeah. I can even hear this doesn't sound right. Like there's something wrong. We need to fix this. But uh, we had a long weekend, um, or I shouldn't say long weekend, but leading up to the weekend. Had a long couple of days, and I thought I was getting over this sore throat thing, and then I don't know stress and just life and all this stuff. So, but I finally woke up yeah. this morning, and it doesn't hurt. So I think I'm on the the, the better end of that, getting better. That's awesome. Yeah, I've I've been sick the last few few days. Like I'm working on telephone, right? So I'm always talking to people, and on uh, on Thursday. Somebody, after we ended the call, like the last thing she said to me was, uh, and get well soon. And I didn't <laughs> cough into the microphone or anything. So just because of the sound of my voice, she heard that I'm sick. And I was like, okay, I, I really need to relax. So I had a long weekend. And I'm like, today, the same as you. Today was the first day where I didn't wake up feeling totally like shit. Yeah, which is good. I'm glad to hear that, that you are feeling better. And yeah, my voice, for some reason, it's just a little bit still in my voice, but... I don't. There's no, like, soreness, you know what I mean? Like you said, like the actual yeah. feeling of being sick. So I'm hoping to uh, to bounce back from that soon. But um, do you have a good uh, good New Year? Good New Year's Eve? How do you guys, how do you guys celebrate? <laughs> I, I'm sure it's similar, but for a lot of um, Americans, you just, you get fucking drunk and you party <laughs> until the middle of the night or the next day, whatever the case may be. But do you have any special New Year traditions that you guys do over there? Like for us, there's, you know, champagne. Um, is a big one. Um, you kiss once the clock strikes midnight. Like normally, if you're with your significant other, you'll kiss. Or some people yeah. just grab a random stranger and kiss. But is there anything <laughs> cool you do uh, or unique or special you do over there? Um, I I don't think there's anything uh, unique for us. Like that all sounded like uh, normal things that we do as well. Like party all night. I got I got really drunk. I was hungover the first of January, as is tradition for me by now. That I'm <laughs> hungover for at least one to two days. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we we got uh, we we got hammered. Uh, uh, I think I, I wrote you a happy New Year's at like our New Year's and uh, you wrote one at well, yeah, like also, my New Year, which would have been six o'clock in the oh. morning for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's where we went to sleep. I think. Yeah, it said Happy American New Year, and there were a couple just random letters in there. So I, I was assuming you were nearing the end. You were coming to the end. Of, uh, yeah, I, I was. Yeah, and uh, but else, uh, yeah, we by now have a tradition of playing. Um, I did the same game of beer pong. I've got this mini beer pong two years ago for uh, for Christmas, which is like just like tiny shot cups, but they're the, the typical beer pong cups, the red ones. Yeah, the little just solo for cups. shots. 
and with uh, and with um still with uh, tennis balls so uh, with uh, yeah tennis balls no with uh, table tennis balls ping pong balls so it's really hard to play but like oh so you got you got like land it on top almost it's got a balance it doesn't go in there oh okay yeah yeah basically and uh yeah we uh we we played that for the last two years in a row and we washed them and playing them again next year even though those look like throwaway cups we we used them again this nice. year i didn't even know they still existed i thought somebody threw them away but then they got them out again this year but yeah that's uh oh, that's cool that's man. all i i don't think we have any other traditions other than the ones you you talked about yeah a lot of that stuff is even the stuff i think some of it has become tradition just because it's on tv so much like anytime you see new year's Probably, on tv yeah. or in movies it's always but you never know there's always um you know we always played a lot of cards like uh we have a game over here called euchre that it really is like a midwest thing it's not out even the whole united states they don't play it it's really only a couple of states but it's a game that's very very near and dear to most people in Michigan to their hearts. We play a lot of that, but this year I didn't do a whole lot. I just hung out and um, the weather was terrible. I mean, it was ice underneath snow. I, I mean, it was really bad. Like even uh, even walking to take my dog into the backyard to go to the bathroom, the cement, just everything was just ice. Like you could skate in your shoes. So it was pretty a good idea to stay off the road. So I just watched a uh, Twilight Zone marathon. Which I'm never mad about that, <laughs> even though I'm. I, no, that sounds like an awesome tradition as well. <laughs> yeah, they they show it over here on the Sci-Fi Channel every year, and even though I own all the DVDs, I've got all five seasons on the DVDs, but they show it every year, and I'll turn it on, and Shana was giving me a hard time because every time another episode would come on, for every every time another one would come on, I'd say, "Oh, this is a good one. You got to watch this one. This is a good one." <laughs> no matter what it was, this is a good one. Because I've seen them all so many times. I mean, since I was a kid, I used to watch them with my grandmother. And then it's just, I don't know, still love that show. And it's still still good. Like, it still holds up. It's, it's still great, yeah. I've got the first season on Blu-ray. And uh, I'm planning on getting them all. Yeah, but, I want to uh, pick yeah. up the Blu-rays. They're, there's only... Because um, uh, i got a big box set with all five seasons of the DVDs. But with the Blu-rays, with the DVDs, they put the one episode in there that they don't show on TV anymore. And it was the one with, um, uh, who was it? George Takei was in it. And it was a um, U.S. military person and a Japanese military person after World War II. And they end up getting into this fight. And I don't want to say any more about it because you, you, if you get the Blu-rays, it should be on there. But I see why they took it off the air. Like, it might be a little bit too much for some people. I mean, oh, wow. by, Yeah, but it, I mean, it was a really cool episode. It was a good one. Uh, but yeah, it's... Twilight Zone was on and just hung out and, like I said, didn't do a didn't do a whole lot. But today we're here to talk about some horror movies, and uh, I thought a good way to kick off the new year would just be to touch on a few of the bigger horror movies of 2019. Some stuff that we're looking forward to. I know there's a couple of them out there that I'm very excited about. Uh, did you have any like one in particular that you can think of coming up this year that you're that you're excited to see? Yeah, I've got at least one. At least I think it's coming up this year. Yeah. Now, I hope I'm not wrong. But, uh, of course, uh, the second movie, like the sequel to it. Yeah, it is this course. year. Uh, I think, um, <laughs> I want to say September, October. It's somewhere in the yeah, fall. Yeah, probably. But that is one that a lot of people are very excited about. I know I'm excited <laughs> to see it. My oldest, um, you know, my daughter, she, the, it is one of her favorite movies. She absolutely loves it. And... I, I've seen it many times up until this point, 
And I still argue that I don't even really consider it a traditional horror movie because it is so accessible. And, and you and I have had this discussion. We don't have to go too deep into it, but you know, the idea of a really dark fairy tale in a lot of ways, Pennywise represents like an evil witch. And for kids, I feel they can become attached to it in a way because of all of your main characters, none of the kids die. And so it's almost like the Goonies with a with a monster. Now, granted, it does have its very scary moments, and I think it was beautifully executed. But it's just like a rated R Stranger Things. I think for for a lot of kids that age, you know, teenage young teenagers, tweens, whatever you want to call them, it was almost as if Stranger Things primed them for this idea, and then they were able to um, just go into it and see it through that lens, as opposed to it being something completely brand new. But I, I do want to see where it goes because I'm, you and I have both read the book. Uh, I like a lot of the stuff that happens when they're adults. I think it could make for some really cool imagery yeah. on the screen. So, yeah. And I, I want to know how they're going to do the ending. I want to know what they're, because in the miniseries, it's bad. <laughs> yeah. Like the spider looks bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested uh, for what's what's going to happen. Also, what they're, what they're still going to do because the kids are still in this movie and uh, I wonder if they're still going to play a big part because yeah, the, the story of the kids is basically over, right? Now, right. The part, even though they skipped a few parts, so we talked about this before, they might go back and show some uh, some parts of the of the kids that they didn't show in the first movie. But I think they're just going to stick with the uh, adults and the kids are just going to be like every now and then appear for like something maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I think because I thought they said they're going to I know some of the kids did film stuff, but I feel like it's going to be flashbacks. I don't know if it's going to be. Yeah, probably um, because they're yeah, they're not going to do the um, I, I, I'm i excited. I thought they were going to do the the Chud ritual. I did read that they were going to do that. Oh, and I'm more interested is, you know, in the end when in the book, when I can't remember which two of the characters they actually end up in like that space time vortex or whatever <laughs> yeah. it was. And they're like hurtling towards the nothingness and they see the big turtle and, and I can't remember the turtle's name. Yeah, if, the, if the turtle even had a name, I'm not sure. It probably I don't, yeah, had, I don't but... It probably did. Yeah, they, Knowing they... Stephen King, it had a, it had a name and a backstory <laughs> and a family and, and they had a grandfather and a grandfather after him. And, and I'm pretty sure it came up in the dark tower series as well. <laughs> Yeah, well, it seemed like an important component, but I am interested to see how they're going to do some of that, if they'll even touch on any of that. Yeah, they, they I mean, didn't I, do I, it in the miniseries, right? They just skipped no, that no. part at all. <laughs> they just did the spider. It was just them versus the spider, and the spider looked uh, pretty terrible. <laughs> yeah. Because um, you just keep getting these close-ups, like, ah, the mouth, and then... But either way, I am very excited to see what they do with It Chapter 2. Um, after that one, I am I'm excited to see Us. The uh, have you watched the trailer for us yet? No, I, I never watch trailers, but I've heard, yeah, of that us, is true. I think. Yeah, the, that is true. That's the that's new, the new uh, Jordan uh, Peele. Yeah, okay, so I'm excited. Yeah. I'm in, <laughs> yeah, no, it looks really good. And that one's soon, that one's I want to say March is when we oh. get that one. It's yeah, it's relatively soon. These don't have um, I don't have dates on them, release dates, just that they're all this year. Also, they, they always um, change a bit, so we can't say you never this is really coming out sure. yeah. exactly then, yeah. Uh, we've got Pet Cemetery. I am excited for. Oh yeah, that of course. Looks, yeah, that looks really good. Another Stephen King. Um, ever since, I mean, it did so well. We just the Stephen King has just exploded. Yeah. I mean, it's always been there, but I feel like now it's just so much. Like the production values are so high, and there's so much money going. Even for Gerald's game, um, you know, you it's promoted in a way that I feel like some of his stuff wasn't in the past. 
like when Cell came out, Cell just kind of came and went. Nobody really knew. But uh, now, and especially with Pet Cemetery, that's one of the most common Stephen King names I think people know. Yeah, he had a with. big resurgence, I think. Like, he, he is big now. Like, bigger than he ever was, maybe. Because there's so many movies coming out now. Just last year, we had uh, Gerald's Game, uh, The Dark Tower. Uh, it was two years ago, but I still two count that it's all. Mm -hmm. uh, you had Castle Rock on Hulu. Yeah. Um, and, and what was... Because, yeah, the, it, I want to say it was the same year as the 1920... Was it 22, 27? 22. 22. Yeah, that yeah. was a Netflix one as well. But yeah. you're right, there has been just a, a ton of his stuff that and it's gonna keep coming. I guarantee you that. But Pet Cemetery is one I am excited to see. Uh what do you think about and we've talked a little bit about this, and, and as much as I don't like the idea, I wanna see the new child's play. I wanna <laughs> see this weird reimagining. And the thing that kind of gets me more than anything else is over here it's getting released in the summer, like against some big names, like blockbuster names. It's coming out in, I want to say, July, which is just a huge month for... That's, that's crazy, yeah. I'm, I'm excited, I think, because I'm, I'm not uh, like you. I don't have this big attachment to Chucky. Yeah. I just, uh, I, I like the movie, but I'm not deep into it. I, I have only seen the first two or three movies, I think. And uh, so I'm, I'm just excited for what they're going to do with it, because the idea of a killer puppet is, is a good one. Now, what they're going to do exactly... We'll have to wait and see. I, I like that they try to go a different way and basically reboot it. I And see, or, that's where it, it's hard for me. It was almost as if you, you know, imagine they took Jason Voorhees and he never drowned and they were like, oh, no, he was just a camp counselor gone mad. I feel like there's a part of Chucky's lore so much. Even the movies I don't like of Child's Play, like I'm not a big fan of. Uh, Bride of Chucky, I don't mind it. It's got some good moments. Um, Seed of Chucky, I really don't like it all. But Chucky has always been the soul of a serial killer put into a doll. And now they're like, oh, it's AI gone bad. <laughs> it's just hard for me to take. But who knows? Maybe maybe I'll like it. I don't know. Uh, but I will end up seeing it. I know that. I'll watch almost anything. Horror movie at the movie theater. Who am I kidding? <laughs> I'll watch them all. Yeah. Um, ha uh, the next one, Happy Death Day to You. I am excited That's about that. That's the other that. one I'm excited for. Yeah. Because I, I think they even uh, talked about that uh, they left it a bit open because they were thinking about the sequel, like the, the, the maker of the movie himself. Like, it's not like, oh, the first movie did well. Let's do another one and just... Like, he, he had something in mind already. So right. that's already a, a, a good start. <laughs> and it was a lot of fun. The first one yeah. was... It was, it was just I loved a fun, it. Yeah, it was just a fun horror movie. I liked the... Uh, I really like the mask, the the, <laughs> the baby, baby mask. Yeah. yeah, I was actually talking to uh, to Will the other night. We were watching um, rewatching Terrifier, and I'm thinking this year for Halloween, I'm gonna try and do Art the Clown, and really put a good put a good costume together, <laughs> scare the crap out of some people. Um, the New Mutants. I am I'm interested in seeing what they're gonna do with this because this is they're claiming our first real. Um, superhero horror movie that it's going to be, you know, just horror at its core in a superhero universe, which we haven't really got. And we do have that other one coming up, the um, Burn Bright, which looks really good as well. But this one um, has been planned for a long time. Burn Bright just kind of came out of nowhere. And they were like, hey, what if Superman was evil? 
and it looks good. Like that trailer looks really good. But New Mutants is another one I'm very excited about. And we actually already had one come out this year, Escape Room, which surprisingly is, uh, from what I read, not a bad movie. Oh, really? And yeah. And normally when you get a, a release the first week of January, you don't expect it to do a whole lot or to be a great movie. But I am interested in seeing it. And they're, uh, from what I from what I've read, a lot of the reviewers are saying, hey, it's, it's a pretty decent horror movie. Uh, we've got Rob Zombie's Three from Hell. Oh, I'm excited for that Come, one. Yeah, coming out this year. I am excited as well. I really like uh, Devil's Rejects. It's probably my favorite of his stuff. And, in you know, we've talked a lot about Rob Zombie. Now, sometimes he's, he's great. Sometimes he's not so great. Uh, I think when he has, you know, Bill Mosley... Sid Haig and Sherry Moon. I think that's the role Sherry Moon Zombie was meant to play always. Yeah. You know, to be baby, baby Firefly. But I'm just real interested to see how they're gonna you know, how did they survive that? They were so far out into the desert. Unless yeah. they had an ambulance on site. And even then, I, I, I'm certain I saw a couple of them get shot in the neck. Yeah, so is there you is know? there a trailer for that or any info? Because maybe he's going supernatural with them because yeah, they No, it doesn't it doesn't look like he is because he there is a there was a small trailer that he it wasn't even a trailer, it was more of a teaser that he put out. He showed it at one of his concerts on the jumbo screen behind him, you know, because he's gotta get people to go buy the tickets to these movies. Um so he showed the trailer at one of his concerts. And it, uh, it was just kind of a quick uh, recap almost. There wasn't a lot. There's a few things. He keeps releasing images of the individual characters and some new people who are going to be in this one. But we don't have a full trailer yet. I don't think it'll be long, though, because I want to say this is supposed to be March as well. I know it's early this year when this one's supposed to come out. I gotta say, um, I'm actually a, a fan of Rob Zombie's movies in general. Like, he... Even though not everything he does is great or even good sometimes, I think it's all I, I'm a fan of people being just like like you can see it's a Rob Zombie film. Like you you see a movie of his and you know it's him, even without having knowing it's him maybe. You like without having the credits or anything. You just know it's Rob Zombie because It's, it's, Because it's got all the same actors in it that are in all of his movies. <laughs> yeah, all, all the same actors. Um, this kind of gritty hillbilly style uh, uh, is always the main characters are always like hillbillies or like uh, uh, some something like that. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I, like I've seen his animated movie that um, the Adventures the of El, El Superbisto. Super yeah, I, yeah, I thought that was super funny, and uh, I I just yeah, that one enjoy his too stuff. Bad. I just, the, the ones I wasn't huge on, um, Lords of Salem, which, and, and I don't, I think Lords of Salem, and I, I hate to say this because I do like Sherry Moon Zombie, but I feel like Lords of Salem would have been better with a different lead. Like, I just don't think she had the range necessary, and that's nothing against her, you know, and, and you know, it is his wife. If he wants to put her in movies, then put her in movies. But I think that movie would have been a little bit better had they had someone else in that role. Uh, but again, like I said, I don't think anyone else could pit, could play Baby Firefly. I think she's yeah. perfect for that. And um, 31, I thought I had some cool ideas, and I really liked, uh, I want to say his name's Robert Blake, who played Doomhead. He was the one thing I really enjoyed about that movie. Yeah, he was, he was awesome. Yeah, so, he was creepy as shit. But, but, but I feel like even though his movies are not always 
good. They're never bad, I think. Like, I, I've never seen a movie where I just had to turn it off or couldn't watch. He always had good or interesting ideas, at least. I think Sa uh, uh, Lords of Salem was the the most boring of his movies where nothing really happened so far. Maybe but I might to me, be it's, forgetting it's, some now. <laughs> and it's the one that Lords of Salem for me is the one that I feel like actually it's his best shot movie. Yeah. Like I think as far as cinematography and things go, he really captured that essence of kind of the late seventies, early eighties, um, you know, satanic panic movies. And it's his, it's, I can always find something. And, and I've been trying Lately, I would say even the past half a year to look for something that I like in every movie to not just say, oh, it's a piece of shit. I hate it because a lot of people put a lot of work into these things. But Salem is definitely the the best looking movie. And like I said, with with 31, but like you said, you know, it's always these hillbilly type movies, but every single character appears to be just like for the most part, ignorant pieces of shit. Like they're yeah. horrible. Like, the Myers family in the Halloween remake is just, I would have killed them all. I'd have killed every single one of them because they were terrible. Uh, but, I, you know, I like the second half of the first Halloween. I just wish we didn't get all the kid Michael Myers stuff because I don't feel it worked. But I thought the second half was really good. And the opening sequence of Halloween 2 is one of my favorite scenes from any of his movies when Michael's in the hospital. And there's uh, the scene when he's stabbing that lady in her head and just the sound design that went into like you hear the weird suction noises like as the knife's pulling <laughs> oh. back out of the body uh but i thought that was really good as night or um, nights in white satin is playing in the background <laughs> and the moody boos are going and michael's just terrorizing everything so i think there is stuff to be found in all of his movies but the rejects the devil's rejects has always been my personal favorite and i think it's just those characters interacting together you know, and Bill Mosley mm -hmm. delivers some amazing lines in that movie. Like, just some, some brutal lines yeah. in that movie. And you can't forget Sid Haig, who's like... Oh, yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> he's amazing, yeah. I, I just looked it up. I've seen every um, every major um, uh, Rob Zombie movie other than Halloween 2, because that's banned over here and I gotta get my hands on it first. But I've seen all the other movies, just not all the music videos, but I'm... Um, <laughs> So uh, yeah, yeah. That's um, and I, I liked every movie. No, <laughs> yeah, that's I in mean some, that's good. In some way, <laughs> there's some ways. So yeah, Three from Hell. I will definitely be seeing that. Of course, yeah. Um, couple other ones, real quick. The uh, the sequel to Forty Seven Meters Down. So Forty Seven Meters Down Uncaged, which I didn't mind. Forty Seven Meters Down. I like a shark movie. I'm a sucker for a shark movie. Doesn't matter what it is. Santa Jaws, Forty Seven Meters Down, <laughs> The Shallows. Um, we talked about the Burn same. Bright. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we talked about Burn Bright a little bit. Again, it's, um, I want to say James Gunn helped write this. I want to say it was him and his brother or brothers wrote this thing together, but it's a really cool concept, you know? And as I mentioned earlier, what if someone like an alien life form like Superman showed up, but was not good, was not here to help. How do you stop something like that? And it just looks very cool. Um, I think I just googled it. Is it called Brightburn? Maybe because or Brightburn. Burn, I'm sorry. Yeah, Brightburn. Yeah. Brightburn. Um, it does look very cool. Uh, we get the new Annabelle movie comes out this year, which I like. Uh, I like the Annabelle movies, and that's actually where. So Shane and myself. That's our going to be our daughter's name is Annabelle, and a lot of that is one that it's a pretty name, but two we both really like. Like the Annabelle movies and and like creepy dolls, 
Um, and I want to say uh, the that's Conjuring. That's got to be a fun explanation. How how did right. you think of my name? Well, watch this movie. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, I want to say the Conjuring Two is this year, or the Conjuring Three. I'm not 100 yeah, percent sure. Yeah, might be. Maybe you can look that up while I'm looking through the rest um, of this real. Um, I'll look it real up. quick. Yeah, because I want to say Conjuring Three is this year, but Annabelle. I liked Annabelle Creation a lot. I thought it was even better than the first Annabelle movie. So I am interested to see where they go with this one. Uh, the sequel to Zombieland is going to be this year, which I'm... Oh, yes. Yeah, I'm super excited about that. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it's this year, not 100%, but I think we're getting that Jacob's Ladder uh, remake. I think so, too, yeah. Yeah, which could which be... I'm, I'm wondering if that's going to be any good. It's hard to compete with that because everybody's got such an affinity for the first one, but the idea is great. And so I'm... Yeah. Um, and, you know, we are looking at getting, uh, it's in post-production right now, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which is... Oh, yes. I don't know if you guys, if those books are as popular over there as they are here. Have you ever read a Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark book? No, I, I, I've I only heard of them on the internet so far. Oh, they're but so But it sounds cool, interesting. All yeah, right. you see if you can find them. Because there's nothing in them that, I mean, they're kids' books. They're scary kids' books. But they're kids' books, but the artwork in them is just so good. And I know they're leaning in that direction to capture some of that, but uh, I still have all three three volumes of the scary stories to tell in the dark, and there's still some, and they're real quick, like they're campfire stories, you know. They're more of a urban legend lore type thing that you you could tell to a friend after reading it once, and you might mix up a couple details, but the core story will still be there. They're so cool. You got to try and find those if you can. Yeah, um, and uh, isn't isn't Guillermo del Toro uh, connected with yeah, those? Or is yeah, he, is that, yeah. Which he's the perfect so, guy. In, <laughs> he's the perfect guy to get yeah. behind this stuff. Um, and then there's there's a bunch of other stuff that I'm not, uh, I'm sure a ton that I'm missing and stuff that I'm not too familiar with. I just wanted to highlight some of the big releases that we were going to be seeing for horror in 2019. Some stuff to be excited about yeah. for this year. And uh, did were you able to find is The Conjuring this year? Yeah, Conjuring 3 is... Uh, Actually set already for the for the full date and it's September eleventh, twenty twenty. Very nice. Oh, twenty twenty. Okay, so it's next yeah. year. Yeah, got it. I am excited for uh, the con. I like the Conjuring universe. I know that you're not as yeah. big of a fan of uh, a lot of the jump scare stuff, but um, I feel like James. In general, they're good movies. Yeah, and is James Wan? I know you probably already closed the tab. I don't know if James Wan is directing. If he's on uh, Conjuring uh, three. Which I hope he is because he man he can he can shoot atmosphere. Let's see if I can find anything about this. It says here a, a film by Michael Chaves. Oh, okay, all right. So, not. So yeah, not him, I guess. Some uh, <laughs> some stuff to get excited about for 2019, and um, I know you had some some things you wanted to discuss. I told you, you know, we had been kind of out of commission for a couple of days. And you're like, oh, I got some stuff I want to talk about anyway. So I'm going to turn it over to you, man, and let you uh, lay it on me. I have no idea what he's about to say. So this could either be really yeah. fun or it could just turn into a shit show. Who knows? Uh, yeah, I hope it's like a mix of both. <laughs> no, so um, so a, a friend of the show, our listener, Temba from Germany, one of one of my friends who listens to the show. Uh, ah, very uh, nice. She, she told me about, um, about this list. Um, I don't know if you've heard of like the the. Of course, you've heard of the time. Wait, now how do you how do you pronounce her name again? Uh, Temba. 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 <laughs> oh, okay. <Yeah>. Hi. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, so, uh, 
So uh, she sent me uh, from uh, the Time, the Time magazine. Yeah. They 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 often release these top lists, and looking through it, it seems like these are not ranked. These are in random order, but still, this is the uh, the the. The heading is these are the top twenty-five horror movies of all time. Oh, and shit. so we, we okay. did we did a few like we we spent like the top one hundred. We talked about those for quite a while, but I I just this list is interesting, and I wanna I wanna get some of your thoughts on this. I'm just gonna go okay. through this list, and when you open the article article, just to say uh, this isn't a, a team effort or something. This is a list by Richard Corliss, just so the name okay. is out and. Um, the, the very first movie on this list is Arrival of a Train at La Quiotat, which was uh, <laughs> okay. The um, I don't know if you if you know about this. This was uh, you probably no. don't know the net title. Maybe this is like one of the first movie by the uh, Lumiere brothers where a train drove into the station and they filmed it and they showed it in the cinema. Oh, it was just okay. like a yeah. short clip. They showed it and all yeah. the people ran out screaming because they thought the train was because they run. thought they were gonna get. <laughs> They thought they were really hit by a train. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I guess uh, he, he said that's enough to put this on this list. <laughs> and wow. uh, yeah, that's that's the first one coming up. So if you're a horror fan, I think most Does of the even, people will close right. the tab after this. <laughs> Does that, I mean, that's like screaming at a baby. Like, I mean, is that really horror? Are, 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 but that is funny. That No, I had read that story. I didn't know that was the name of the movie. But I, I had read the story about the people in the theater who all ran away when yeah. that happened because they were terrified. They thought they were going to get hit by a train because they didn't know how to comprehend a screen and a projected yeah. image. Yeah. So I guess you could say this is the scariest movie of all time because I've never heard of another movie mm. making people jump out of their seats and run out. <laughs> no, there's been, yeah, there's been movies where people leave, but they don't all run away thinking that the screen's <laughs> going to get them. <laughs> yeah. Um, next up, uh, we're getting uh, more into horror territory. We've got The Fly, the Cronenberg okay. version. Yeah, um, which is a good one. Uh, then going on, the next, I, I'm not sure if he put any thought. And of course, I haven't read all the descriptions, but it doesn't say anything about uh, an order, because the next one is The Exorcist, which, of course, we talked about. Uh, it's not scarier than The Shining, but it's a scary movie. <laughs> <laughs> Only according to you, according to the Twitter poll and the uh, most people in the world, it is the scarier movie when it comes to The Shining. Or and you know, I was really bummed that you and Will didn't talk more about that. <laughs> When you guys did your your Stephen King episode, I was pretty sure he was going to tell you, like, oh, so you want to talk about that Shining, huh? Be the scariest <laughs> movie of all time. But, um, no, it's, uh, I mean, The Exorcist on most lists, you know, because it is, it, there's movies out there, I think, that are scarier, but a lot of them are pretty inaccessible for a lot of people. The Exorcist, I would say, is the scariest mainstream horror movie where a, a large group of people have seen it because I do think there's stuff out there that's more crazy and more um, intense, but it's only a small segment of the population who's actually seen those movies and they're just not everyone everywhere. So yeah, man, it's, I mean, it's considered, yeah, it's considered one of the, the greatest of all time. And like you said, I don't know how this guy put his list together. So who knows? Because I don't think, it would go the fly, then the exorcist and then a bunch of other stuff. But I am still really interested in seeing what else is on this list. So, uh, why don't you keep going? 
Yeah, the the next one on the list is um, another one that I would say belongs on the top twenty five. It's Night of the Living Dead, um, one of of my favorite movies, and I think one of yours as well. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, absolutely, this is one we've talked about at length. I don't think there's much more we could say about Night of the Living Dead outside of it is, um, I mean, it's it's in my top five favorite movies yeah. of all time. Not even just horror movies. It's it's uh, it's so so beautifully executed and such an amazing story and had such an impact on the culture that it just deserves yeah, to be on so, every list. And you're you're completely right. Yeah, and I agree. And it fits. The next one um, is one that I'm um, I'm glad is on there because it's it's one that's always forgotten. It's uh, Freaks by Todd Browning, which is one. Um, was it on the top 100? I think it was, but it's. It's one that's always a little bit forgotten and people... I want to say it was on the, the top, 100. top 100. Yeah, I, 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 I feel so like it was. But yeah, it's... You're right in that it, it often gets overshadowed by the universal monsters. And everybody remembers the monsters, but you don't remember some of the smaller stuff. And Freaks, part of it, I think the reason it doesn't get talked about as much is because there's a a large segment of people who believe that it was very exploitative to these individuals who were in the movie, you know, cause they were actual sideshow performers, but it's an amazing movie. You get, you know, one of us, one of yeah. us, one. Of, that's a creepy yeah. scene. Like it's so uncomfortable when the guy with uh, no arms and no legs is crawling, like shuffling underneath the, the circus wagon with that knife in his mouth. I was like, hey, what are you going to do? How are you going to stab somebody with that? I mean, nothing against you, but you don't have any arms and legs. I don't know how that would work. Even though there is a um, there's a great movie, if you ever get a chance to see it, a great martial arts movie called The Crippled Masters. And you've got one guy with no arms and one guy with no legs, but they'll like team up and fight people together. And the way they do it is just beautiful. So maybe somebody could, I don't know, grab that guy and figure out a way to use him with the knife in his mouth like a weapon. But Freaks is, um, it is super cool. And it's one, I own a DVD copy. I don't know if they ever did a Blu-ray sure. version of it or not, but it is available. Yeah, it is available. It's not hidden anywhere. People can find it and watch it. It's not something super obscure. Yeah. It, it's out there in the world, so check it out. Even though I, I own a DVD copy of it, but it's actually um, a British DVD because I don't think we have a release over here. We don't have a... A German release of uh, of Freaks, so I, I bought a British DVD. Um, and yeah, uh, just to add, uh, we talked about that it feels like these people are exploited, but actually the movie is. I think yeah. they were treated really well on set, what I've heard, and also the the whole um, the the uh, the whole idea of the movie is that basically the the normal normal people are the bad guys. And so, uh, yeah. Right. Anyway, that. And did you ever see um, the the little guy yeah. who plays Hans? Did you ever see the the silent film, The yeah. Unholy Three? Oh, you gotta the watch Unholy that. Three. Yeah, you gotta. It's it, the Unholy Three. It's him and um, Lon Chaney Senior, and uh, I can't remember the third, the third in there. But it's it's so good, it's so good. You gotta check that one out. You might even be able to find it online. I don't know if. Um, because, I mean, it's super old. I don't know what year it was from. I'll, I'll look it up real quick while you're... Uh, and I want to say they might have even done a remake. Um, 
at some time. Awesome for sure. Let me see. The Unholy Three. And so 19, yeah, 1925 was the uh, the original release. So that's the one you want to look for. Okay. Um, and just the the on IMDb it says a ventriloquist launches a series of criminal schemes with the help of his sideshow <laughs> friends. So yeah, it was Lon Chaney Senior. Um, and then Harry, I think it's Erlis is how you'd say it. He's the one who played uh, uh, Hans in freaks and then victor mclaglin okay it's yeah it's hercules um it's cool though man yeah check that out when you get i will i will totally that's probably on youtube okay um next up is uh i'm pretty sure this is herschel gordon lewis so this is kind of on the top 25 this is kind of surprising but still kind of makes sense it's a blood feast which uh oh okay yeah, that's that's the Egyptian uh, Egyptian guy uh, trying to kill as many people as possible at like a dinner, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, that was the one that they um, they just did that sequel to it that uh, was last year. I want to say is when it came out that they were trying to get made. Yeah, because Blood Feast, there's a 2018, um, but there was a uh, but what was the other one? Yeah, Blood Feast 19, it was the oh, 63. Did, yeah, it's the one that you, you're thinking Didn't you about. interview uh, that one egg? Caroline Williams, yeah. Yeah, who she was in the remake, which I had seen, which wasn't as fun as the original, but it was fine. There were some, there were some cool moments in there. But yeah, it continues on that story. But you're right, it was just, especially for 63, you know, to have a kind of a splatter fest slasher movie like that was kind of new and kind of ringing in a new era of of horror. Yeah, even though, like, I've, I've seen two Herschel Gordon-Lewis movies. I've seen Plot Feast and, uh, uh, what's it called? Let me look. I have it. Uh, ah, the Wizard of Gore, that's the title. And oh, yeah. they're, both, yeah. they're both really interesting, and the, the gore is fun. But I wouldn't say any of those are good movies. <laughs> Right. And uh, yeah. but okay, I, I get it. I guess um that movie did uh influence Gore. Like he was the one who went over the top like this and made a new like maybe without Herschel Gordon Lewis we wouldn't get Night of the Living Dead because that's very gory. And just Yeah. And it was in the- Yeah, but they were around those two were around the same time, Blood Feast and Night of the Living Dead. But with um, I mean, with, you know, Blood Feast, I think the gore is, I, I think the gore is, I don't want to say diminished in a way in Night of the Living Dead, but it's not as in your face because of the black yeah, and white. True. And, you know, the, the lack of color, you don't see the, the blood and the bright, vibrant colors that you see with the, you know, that makes a lot of people uncomfortable is when they actually see the mm-hmm. blood. And it's hard to do that in in black and white, but you still had the the ghouls eating intestines yeah. and things like that, which at the time was super boring. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, I I think it it would fit on the list. Um, next up is uh, a movie we talked about two weeks ago at length. It's Carrie, of course, the uh, Brian De Palma one, and uh, yeah, not like. I I wouldn't put it in my personal top twenty five. I think, but I don't think I but would it's, either. I think it's a, a mainstream horror movie from a time when those when that was 
from a very different time. And 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 for a long time it became a way of conveying someone who was being bullied. Like it became part of the pop culture conversation and they'd be like, "Oh, you better watch out or she's going to go all carry on you." <laughs> or because it it impacted so many people, specifically that that final, you know, prom sequence. <laughs> Everybody remembered that because it was just you you know, you felt so bad for Sissy Spacek. Yeah. Like you, you really did. You felt terrible for her, and and the bullying that goes on over the course of that movie. Like every time I watch it, I somehow always forget that they all throw tampons <laughs> at her, and I'm like, "What the fuck, man? Like that's a weird thing to do to somebody. Yeah. Like that's terrible." And but what scares me more than anything else about Carrie is her mom. <laughs> yeah, you know that that hyper religious figure in her life that torments her. And I mean, her mom is just evil. Yeah. That, that woman is easy. She's the bad guy in this movie, for sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but no, I don't think it'd make my top 25, yeah, personally. Uh, my, top 25. It's good, I'm not, and I'm not saying it's not a good movie, but I just don't think I, it'd be I, on there. I can see why it's on this one, though, yeah. Um, the next one is one that I think was also in the top, uh, uh, top 100, but uh, one we both hadn't seen, and I still haven't seen it, uh, Man Behind the Sun. Oh, yeah, I yeah. haven't either. But I really want to see that because it's like this... Uh, uh, basically, I think the Japanese uh, trials on, uh, on, on people, like what, what can radiation do to people and all that stuff during World right. War II. And it's, as, as far as I know, it's like a docu- docudrama. Like it's not, um, it's not completely um, real, but it's also not uh, completely fake. It's like... They mixed it up. Um, a mix, mix between the two. Okay, so uh, per- <laughs> I, I just, I just read this one line, and already I want to see it even more. When it says here, uh, a director Mu Tenfei or TF Mu parades the atrocities of a man whose intestines explode out of his anus, in brackets faked, <laughs> a dead boy who is slit open to have his organs removed, supposedly using the corpse of a child who died the day before. And most infamously, a cat that is eaten alive by hundreds of rats. And oh. yeah, that, that's okay. that's the kind of stuff that happens in this movie. So yeah, but um, I want to see this. Right, I need to read that. <laughs> yeah. So now I got to ask, which of those got you? All of it sounds terrible. Yeah. It, um... Oh, yeah, that just sounds bad. Like, everything about that sounds bad. Like, a cat being eaten alive by hundreds of rats. Yeah, and, like, the, the and directors... A, and the fact they said a child that died the day before. <laughs> the the director said the cat was up, fake, or the rats are fake, or something like that. But lots of people say that it looks too real. So I'm I'm not sure. I haven't seen it yet. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to a video store later today, so maybe I'll find it there. <laughs> See if you because can find I'm pretty sure that's And that's bad. one of, you know... And this isn't the first time that stuff like that's happened. When Cannibal Holocaust came out, um, you know, the guinea pig series, a lot of people. Who was it? Charlie Sheen, I think, was convinced that it was a a snuff film. And then with Cannibal Holocaust, they, you know, found the director. I think it was the director and producer are the ones that they arrested and was like, you need to prove that this isn't uh, (laughs) true deaths. Even though in that one, you did have the deaths of the animals. Like the turtle sequence is very famous when they yeah. 
But in 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 some of that, I mean, it's horrible. But they were in a place where people actually ate animals that way. But it's still really hard to watch on screen. It was more yeah. faces of death than yeah, than I, anything I, else. I feel like um, it's it's not something I would watch for fun all the time, but I feel like at least with the turtle scene, it's explainable. It's it's nothing different than showing uh, I don't know uh, um, a butchering uh, place where like right because right. that's how how it was done. The only thing that really shouldn't have happened, at least if I remember correctly, is that they they shot a pig and like tortured it like. You, they they right. shoot this pig and it runs around squealing and that's something that uh, yeah that was just torture for the movie while the turtle it was that's how it was done and people were eating it like that and during right. the end sequence there's these uh, cannibals eating um, uh, uh, monkey brain I think and um, there the director actually wanted to have fake monkeys but the people asked for real monkeys because it's a delicacy there and so right. uh, so it was also it was just it it wasn't like they tortured the animal. It's just that they ate it on screen, which is disgusting. But at least, <laughs> right. yeah, you know, uh, yeah, it's basically the same like those videos on Facebook when someone went into a butchering place to show, ooh, look at this. But that's how it's done, <laughs> right? And and you know, I can think of things that are worse. Like you could watch Pink Flamingos. <laughs> And watch uh, Divine, the great Divine, eat actual dog shit on the sidewalk, which is uh, just one of the worst things. Still I can't I've wait to seen. still can't wait to see this movie, but it's not released. Oh, here. you haven't seen it? Yeah, I get why it's not released there. It's all kinds of fucked up, man. Yeah, like it's it's not it really bad. It's just, just there's no release that I can find other than like some <coughs> some import or something that that is that goes for like. 50 uh, euros for dvd of uh pink flamingos yeah. so yeah um anyway so bad. back so to the bad. list <laughs> the okay, next one ahead. the next one on the list is paranormal activity which yeah it, it changed uh, cinema we've talked about this a few times this absolutely makes sense to be on this list um yeah we don't have to get into the details but yeah it definitely deserves to be there Without a doubt. Yeah, the next one I could basically skip because we're going to talk about hours if we don't. Uh, it's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Yeah, we can just uh, we can just go right past it, and <laughs> we've so, talked about it at length. Uh, I know you just got a really cool copy of the second one though, which yeah. I thought was awesome. That uh, yeah, it looks the artwork awesome. on that was yeah, it was good. Yeah, it's I like got the second one a lot. Yeah. You, you made me watch it and I loved it and that's why I bought it. Like usually I don't buy Blu-rays that I've already seen, but this is one of those movies that I really want to see again. And it's uh yeah, it looked awesome. So yeah. Next up a movie uh that is surprising and actually I'm not sure if you've seen it. We I think it was on the IGN top 100 though. It's uh, Thirst which is uh, um about a, a priest I who becomes a vampire. It's Korean directed by uh, Chan-wook Park, the director of Old Boy. No, I haven't seen it, but you say his name and I want to see it. Yeah, it's 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 really good. It's it's like super long. I think it's like two and a half hours. But it's like this whole whole arc of like there's this priest who doesn't believe in who like the, the typical priest who kinda loses his faith and then he's bitten by a vampire and becomes a vampire. And okay. uh it's it's really interesting. I haven't seen it in a long time. I gotta say I, I have to rewatch it. But I remember I had to watch it in two sittings because it was really long, but I really liked it. 
All right, I'll keep my eyes open for it because I do like Sean Wong Park a lot. Yeah, he's, he's he, um yeah. Anything he does is usually it's something. It's, it's something where the, he's like Von Trier, where no matter what, if his name is on it, I'll watch it. Yeah, just because just, you never know what you're gonna get into. Yeah, and it's awesome. Like I still got this DVD. I really gotta watch it because I love the title already. It's the I think one of the only ones of uh, Chan Wook Parks that I haven't seen yet. It's I'm a cyborg, but that's okay, which I think is <laughs> okay. a great title, and yeah. I really want to see that. I like it. Anyway, the the next so this is this is one on the list that I'm not really sure why it's on there because uh, it's it's a good movie, but. Is it one of the best horror movies of all time? Maybe this is personal taste. Like I said, this is by one guy who said, I'm going to make this list. But well. I'm not sure. Uh, next up, another one that we don't have to spend much time on. Uh, it's a Brain Dead, a.k.a. Dead Alive. My favorite movie You know what's movie so funny time. is when you talk about someone losing their faith, I immediately went to the scene of the, the priest in Brain Dead doing the martial arts. <laughs> and there's not even a connection there. I don't know why, but that was the yeah. first thing I thought of when you were, when you were talking, because that's one of my favorite parts of that movie is when the priest, because you you know, you never in a million years expect that to happen. When I that kick whole... in the name of God. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was so good. Um, but no, we, we did a whole episode on Peter Jackson, so we don't have to spend any time we, we on Brain did, Dead. We did a whole episode on Brain Dead. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, next up... Um, Another one where we don't have to spend much time on because everyone's always talking about it, Jaws. Yeah. You love shark movies, yeah. Jaws is great, Jaws is in there. And now we got to the movie. This is why I wanted to talk about this list because on this on this place, and it's not the last one, there's there's some more following up, but on this place, right after Jaws, right after Brain Dead, now we got Bambi. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, it's what? <laughs> okay. Um, the only okay in defense of Bambi, I I think an argument could be made in as a child, that was one of the most horrific things that could have happened in that movie. And we're not spoiling anything. You're talking about a cartoon that was fucking like eighty years old now. I mean, the the movie's super old. Maybe not eighty, yeah. but probably like seventy. Yeah, 70 it, it was made in the forties. So it was, yeah, probably closer to, because um, we're coming up on 2020. So, yeah, it is closer to like 75, between 70 and 80 years old. Um, but as a kid, to what, you know, for a lot of people, The Lion King was the same way. Like when Mufasa dies and Simba's nudging up against him, like, get up, get up. When Bambi's mom gets shot, that, I mean, that ruined a lot of people's lives. <laughs> and, and and people still talk about that to this day because it was you know in, in I think a lot of people at the time you expected a a kids movie and you got it but at the same time you got this element in this movie but does it deserve to be on a horror list absolutely not absolutely not. <laughs> no like it even like we we talked about at the very beginning about uh <laughs> the train arrives at the train station and right. like that's already not fitting but then putting Bambi on there is like uh, I, I, I wonder if he's like making some statement or like just making fun of horror fans I don't know yeah, but th I, this is this is uh, th this is what I've heard is that uh, Temba wrote to me and asked uh, have you heard that they put Bambi on the top 25 horror movies 
<laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, because that yeah, doesn't so, make any sense. Uh, whatever. And, All right. <laughs> and then following right up, <laughs> the next movie on this list is audition <laughs> can you i mean it's it's it totally fits jaws bambi audition <laughs> right they all belong on the same list <laughs> they all belong right in a row not even on the same list just right in a row um yeah. you know we've we've talked about mckay and he's another director that you put his name on anything i'm gonna watch it i don't care what it is yeah. what it's called you put uh no is it do you pronounce it mckay or mckay I, I pronounce it Mike. Mike, okay. I think that's yeah. Takeshi I think Mike. I think yeah. I think it is Mike. I think you're right. I, I always it's, get it's two stuck. two eyes. So right. that's <laughs> um, audition. And again, we've talked about audition a lot. We don't have to get into the details of it, but that yeah. one is. I feel like that's the the one movie where you're right in between mainstream horror and the extreme more obscure horror. Like that seems to be the one that most yeah. people have seen. I feel like even more than say martyrs or or inside or frontiers uh, a serbian yeah. film some of that stuff august underground i feel like audition is the one where people because like we've said so many times in the past for the first like hour of the movie it's not even a horror movie it's just a <laughs> it's a rom-com yeah it's a rom-com and it, it quickly turns into a horror movie but that is so funny that it goes jaws bambi audition <laughs> That's yeah and then we go on to uh I think it's from 1925. It's uh, the Phantom of the Opera. Okay, so the old one. Which, of course, yeah, make makes sense. Fits, I think. Yeah, yeah, the old one, not the yeah. Gerald Butler one. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's been. I mean, it, it would it would fit into Bambi and. Right. There's been a lot of versions of Phantom of the Opera, and uh, but the original one I think is so important in that it it perpetuated the idea of special effects. And, you know, I guess we did have um, Nosferatu before that, but that was not an American movie. So I don't know how big it was at the time. You know what I mean? Because we didn't, it, yeah. it, we have to go back to a place where distribution was not the same, where you don't get yeah. global distribution for your movie almost immediately. And so at this time, I don't know how far the reach of Nosferatu was at the time, but Phantom of the Opera, people in the States knew Lon Chaney Sr., they knew who that guy was. Yeah. He was a very, very big name. And him, though, you know, the man of a thousand faces. And it, it showed that you could really do some amazing things and create these creepy creatures with a little bit of makeup and a little bit of time. And I just love the idea of him doing it all himself. It's crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? It really is crazy to, um, to go back and look at the stuff he did. And then what was the other big one? The man who laughs. You know, a lot of people know that oh, they, yes. they know that image. They might not know the movie, um, but to what he did with Phantom of the Opera and Phantom of the Opera is a good story. It, it is a good story. It's a very good story. Yeah. And uh, that one, yeah, absolutely deserves to be on the list. Yeah. And it was kind of the birth of, you know, or at least started the universal monster craze. Where yeah, they started it's, looking it's often back packed to these, in there. Yeah. Yeah. They started looking back to these old stories where they didn't have to get licensing and rights and things like that for Frankenstein and the idea of a Wolfman, uh, but fan of the opera, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, then the next one on this list is uh, actually one that I'm kind of surprised is on there. It's uh, the trilogy of terror. Which oh really? By the by the image, I, I'm not sure if this is the one I know about, so I'm gonna read this up really quick. But the 
Trilogy of Terror is by Bava, right? That's See, no, I'm I thinking of the one with um, Trilogy of Terror, the, the Karen Black one with the little voodoo doll. Oh, yes, that's, that's what it says here. Yeah, I've, I don't think I've seen this. <laughs> oh, it's fun, man. The uh, It's an anthology horror movie, but the only thing anybody remembers from it ever is the last segment. And it, you get this little African voodoo doll who ends up coming to life, and he's he's great. Like, he's just great. It's so much fun. It was on, uh, you should check your Amazon Prime. It was on Prime over here for a long time. So maybe see if it... Um, if you can find it over there. Yeah, but Karen Black stars in all three of the sequences. So she's, you know, playing different characters in all three of these stories. But it's not till that last one. That's the one that everybody, and I want to say it was made for TV. It was a made-for-TV movie. I don't even know if it was a theatrical movie. But that that last little voodoo doll guy, he's the best. He is the, I can't remember exactly what kind of uh, doll he was. but It, it says here, uh, the description says, let, let me read it. Um... Where was it? Uh, something about a fetish doll. Zuni yeah. fetish doll. Yeah, Zuni fetish doll. That's right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so <laughs> there's so an good. Australian import for 22 euros. Then there's uh, uh, some something for 395 euros. Holy shit. Strategy of Terror 2 for 70 euros. I'm going to look into this. <laughs> Yeah, you should. You uh, know what though? It's streaming in a lot of places. You should. I'm sure you can find it somewhere to watch. I'm, uh, I'm going to look into it yeah, because that sounds awesome. It. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. And the other two sequences aren't bad. They're you know it's a, it's a pretty enjoyable movie from start to finish. But it's that last segment that everyone remembers for the little uh, the little voodoo guy. He was he was the best. Okay. Or fetish doll, whatever he is. I'm going to look into this. Um, next up, we got another one that I've seen, and I think you have as well, um, Peeping Tom, which is surprising yeah, to be on yeah. this list, but it's a good one, and it's an influ. I'm not even um, sure if it's influential. <laughs> oh, absolutely, it was influential. It's, um, you know, and it ruined his uh, career, the director. Oh, yes, right. Nobody wanted to work with him. Yeah, nobody wanted to work with him after because it was... You know, nobody had addressed voyeurism in that way. You got a little bit with Psycho and, you know, Norman kind of peeking through the walls and stuff like that. But with Peeping Tom, I mean, you're, it, you feel so gross because this is the first time you actually were allowed into the, the, the seat with the voyeur. Like, you, you know, him walking around the streets with the, the camera under his coat, which is really funny now. You know, we think about these like micro cameras that people have. <laughs> He's got this like big movie camera underneath his trench coat. Uh, and it's like real camera, like, <laughs> like you can hear the, hear the film going through. Um, but peeping Tom, you know, they say in a lot of ways, it was one of the first um, like American serial killer type movies. Yeah. I don't really see that as much as other people saw that, but the idea of, in a lot, in some ways, I guess maybe not a lot of ways, but it, as a viewer, we had never been put in that position before yeah. to look through the eyes of the killer. You know, it, we were always at a distance, at a safe distance. Peeping Tom made you feel like you were right in it. You were a part of it, and it 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 does still have a really kind of gross, icky feeling. Now, by today's standards, a lot of people would watch it and be like, "Oh, it's pretty mellow." But you got to think about it at the time it was released. And at that time, people were like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is, you know, disgusting. What am I watching? 
And so it took a long time for that to kind of reach its cult status and for people to appreciate it. Because if I remember right, when it was released, uh, it was very poorly received <laughs> and just looked at as as disgusting. Yeah, pretty much. I, I think so as well, yeah. And uh, what's what's really funny, uh, the, the, the main... The, the main actor uh, Karl Böhm, he's a German uh, German uh, actor, and I'm I'm just looking up if I can find like the if there's an American name that you might know it of, but um, he's he's most famous over here for uh, um, uh, for uh, a, a number of films. There's these sissy films, Sissy the Young Empress, I think it says here, which is uh, like a series of of movies about. Like this, this empress of I think Austria or something. It's it's very like a film, a movie that uh, like my parents love to watch together, and my mother really loves all these movies. And so he's he's okay. he's the, the the love interest, the male love interest. And so he's he's really a nice guy. Like he's he's the emperor, and he's a, a really nice guy. And um, then he went on to go to to. Play a pervert. To Britain and played uh, a pervert serial killer. <laughs> so uh, okay. that's I like I I watched this movie I remember and I asked my mother do you know who this is and she said yeah that's Kaiser Franz and she <laughs> she she knew him so that's uh, that's really funny. Um, and how many of those movies were there? Was it like a long running series? I, I think there's at least not not long running but there's at least uh, two or three I think. And like oh, okay. there's still like there's still like a, a tradition here like. Uh, like th that's one of those. Um, oh, I forgot two uh, New Year's Eve traditions we have over here. Like one is um, this always is on the television over the uh, over the Christmas time and over New Year's Eve is the sissy movies. I can find oh, okay. at least three. Uh, yeah. Okay. So there's at least uh, three of those, and also <laughs> there's there's something that is really weird. Um, you probably never heard of Dinner for One. No. It's uh, a British television play that was played once live about this uh, old lady having um, having dinner and having all these guests. But all her friends, these guests are all dead. But her butler is always, she's nearsighted. So her butler is always going from one place to the next and playing uh, all the people there. And, wow, that's a cool concept. And, con and con continuously gets more drunk as he's uh, as he's <laughs> being all the people and drinking all the things, and that's something. It's a British television play. The whole thing is in English, but there's not that much dialogue. There's just an introduction in German, and that's played on New Year's Eve every year here. That's like a tradition. I didn't know this was a strictly German tradition because it's completely yeah. in English, and the name is Dinner for One. But it's a uh, yeah, no one knows about it other than Germans. <laughs> And is it a is it a comedy or a drama? Yeah, a comedy. Like it's 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 only like okay. twenty minutes, I think. It's really just this old lady sitting at the table waiting for her dinner, and it's always the, the same procedure as every year, the same procedure every year, and then he's just see going. If I can... Yeah, it's on YouTube. Um, oh, okay, perfect. Yeah, I'm gonna put it in my web browser right now. Um, yeah, just so I don't forget. Dinner oh. for one. Oh, and it's a it's an old one, 1963. Yeah, it was in yeah in sixty three it played on television in Britain once okay. like it was a live play on television, and since then it plays on German television every year. <laughs> yeah, it's only eighteen minutes long, and it's got um, oh because its initial release was Germany, so that yeah the initial release was in Germany is what this is saying. 
I, um, I have okay, no cool. idea because it's two British people. Cool. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah who uh, knows? I'll anyway, watch it, back though. to the list. Even though, like, Dinner for One could basically be on this list with Bambi and <laughs> a train arriving. Uh, next <laughs> right. up is um, another one we don't have to talk much about because we did at length. It's um, Halloween. Yeah, not yeah. much to add there. Uh, it, it will always be important. <laughs> no, we don't got to spend any time on it, yeah. but it will always be important in the world. Next of up, uh, Frankenstein right after. Yeah, not much to say. Like, we'll at some point do whole no. episodes on each of these movies, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> right. Uh, Absolutely. Next up, we got uh, Nosferatu. Uh, also, yeah, a great Another one. one. Uh, yeah, we've talked about it at length. Um, then. The original 50s Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which... Okay, and this was one where we had talked about, um, you know, we I prefer the, the remake over the original. Yeah. The original is good, but I like the... Uh, and I think the original was trying to convey a different message. And, you know, during the, the yeah. Red Scare, when everybody was terrified, like, oh, my neighbor might be a communist, or oh, boy, down the street might be a communist. Um, it, there was a different message in the original Invasion of the Body Snatchers where I think with the remake, it truly is like, what the fuck if aliens came and started taking over our <laughs> yeah. bodies? What would that be like? Uh, so I think that, yeah, there's something... There, there are two different messages in the movies. I just like the, the remake a little more than the Yeah, original. so far I've only seen the remakes, so I still got to see the original. Um, then uh, another one we don't have to talk much about, Alien. Uh, so good. <laughs> Alien is so yeah. good. They just did a um, an episode on um, my celluloid heart, and they were talking about James Cameron, and they were talking about aliens, and it just got me thinking about the franchise as a whole. And it's it's interesting in that those movies are so different in that the first one is truly a horror movie, and the second one's an action movie. But that first Alien movie, it I don't know how it still holds up the way that it does. Yeah. Like I don't know if they intended when they did the set design and the special effects and things like that. I don't know if they were like, hey, let's try and make this as timeless as possible. But there's nothing about Alien where I go back and watch it and say, oh, man, it really suffers because of its age. Yeah. Like somehow that movie still and, and you know, sci-fi movies at that time, a lot of them didn't have that. Like you go back and watch sci-fi movies of the late 70s, um, mid 70s, early 80s. They just like, oh, this looks terrible compared to today's standards. But Alien somehow still just. It holds up, and some of it is that uh, the Geiger, yeah. you know, designs the the xenomorphs, design. and you can see sometimes like that's a person in a costume is an alien, but for the most part, it um, it yeah, really especially holds the up technology well. doesn't look dated. Like this looks still work, and that's right. what's still surprising. And uh, with with Alien, yeah, the, the funniest thing I I still think is the pedigree of the directors of three movies. Like these directors don't have anything in common. Ridley Scott, James Cameron, and David Fincher right. each directed <laughs> Alien movie. Right. And I think that's uh, that's yeah. kind of crazy. Yeah. Next up, we got another movie we talked for long about. It's uh, Psycho. And oh, that's it. That's the last <sighs> My one. Favorite. So again, okay. Psycho is the number again, one spot. No. Uh, yeah, it's a, that's a weird list. Yeah, once that's again, no Friday list. the 13th, 13th. But this time also no Nightmare on Elm Street, no. which is uh, surprising. Yeah, and again with these lists, you you had said it, you know, it's one person's yeah. interpretation. And that's the thing. is, <coughs> Excuse me. That's one thing with horror is no one thing scares everybody yeah. the same way. 
people are all scared of different things. And it depends on what gets under your skin yeah. more than anything else. And maybe maybe Bambi really <laughs> fucked this guy's life up. Uh, he never yeah. got over it. Yeah. He's still sad for uh for Bambi's I, mom. And yeah, it was I, I fun feel list. he was going for was uh impact or like for um influence on the on the world because uh like most of these movies had enough impact on the world, changed enough of the world to deserve a spot on there. But then he also had freaks in the, I I'm not sure what he was going for exactly. If this, he didn't say it's his personal. It's just a list by him. But he says these are the top 25 horror movies uh, of all time. That's the official title. <laughs> yeah. Well, and sometimes I wonder if people don't. Um, you know, you've got to put some more obscure stuff on there. I think to almost make yourself seem educated, if yeah. that makes sense. Like you can't just you can't just put everything that everyone knows. And Freaks is one of those that I don't think enough people know about. The people who do know about it tend to love it a lot, but it almost gives you another level of pedigree when you're able to do some of these deep cuts and, and pulls from a little bit farther back. Now, in this instance, I think Freaks absolutely deserves yeah. to be there, without a doubt. But with Bambi, I mean, it had to have just been for, oh, this will be funny and make people think now on the same note i tell people all the time the first horror movie i remember seeing was the dark crystal that's not even considered a horror movie but it was the first thing that really scared yeah. me when i was a child so who knows maybe with this guy bambi was the first thing that that truly scared him and, and let him know that life is fragile and can be <laughs> taken from you at any time uh, yeah maybe and uh also what maybe helped this uh what maybe made him put this on is we're talking about this list right now because Bambi, Bambi is on there. And so maybe he just right. put it on there to like, like no one is talking about the the top 25 horror movies that on of the other lists. This is the one list from 2007. Right. And that's the one people still talk about. That's the one that got recommended to us. That's the one I wanted to talk about because Bambi <laughs> is on there. So maybe that was the reason. But yeah. in general, these top lists are always fun. And I was thinking... um I was thinking next week I want to um, – we did it right at the, when we started the show. Um, I want to go back and do another uh, another year. Oh, yeah. How we did um, – because we had done 1989. It was like one of our – I think maybe yeah, our first episode. it was one episode. of the first. We had done – yeah, it was one of the first. But I thought maybe you could pick a year just randomly. Just pick a year and we'll go through and talk Sh about Should the, I uh, just throw it out horror. right now? Okay. Should, yeah, Let, do it now. Let's Put it take on the, the, the year I was born in. Let's take 1993. <laughs> 1993 all right so next week we'll be doing horror from uh from 93 and i really like going through the year and kind of looking at um i had fun when we did 89 looking at not only the box office for horror but you know what were the biggest movies of the year and it really paints a, a cool picture of kind of the culture where people's heads were at and what people were willing to spend their money on um all righty so uh yeah that was fun man thanks for bringing that um bringing that to the table. And if you want to get into contact with us, uh, IHOH podcast on all social media platforms, and you can send a message directly to IHOH podcast at gmail.com. Um, and as always jump onto Apple podcast, if you can leave that, leave that rate and review. It is uh, yeah. very important. Um, if you can take the time to do that. And uh, for the international house of horrors, I am Joe Merle. And I'm Josh. And we'll be back next week with all things terrible, horrible, bloody, gory, and